comes. It's Nashville Untold with Andrew Buckwalter, the podcast that interviews the most interesting and influential people making an impact on Nashville's business, charitable, and entertainment scenes. Joining us now from his roving camper studio, here's Andrew. Welcome to episode 21 of Nashville Untold, and thank you for tuning in. Today in the Rambler, I'll be hosting Diane Hayes. Which is what I look back on my life and realize that's when I've learned the most about myself is during the hurtful times. You know, when things are going along, rocking along nice, you just, you don't think about it, you Mm -hmm. know? But when it's, and you don't grow a lot either when things are rocking along really great. It's when the hurtful times or the hard times come that um, you learn mm-hmm. a lot about you yourself. You hope you do, for sure, And right? you hope you do, and you learn, or you learn about, yeah, you learn about yourself and what you think think about life and other people and all during the hurtful times. Right, so right. That was definitely a hard, hurtful time, and uh, it, it's turned out to be great for me and for him. I really enjoyed hearing some of Diane's story. She is all about community, and through having a desire to give back and bring others together, she has and is doing great things in Middle Tennessee. If you're at all involved in the nonprofit world in Middle Tennessee, you will probably have heard of Diane Hayes. Young Leaders has introduced so many into the nonprofit world, and I recall Diane also has a great talent with remembering names as well. I have no idea how she does that. I wish I had that talent myself. Jason Jordan will play a quick tune at the end of this episode, so make sure to stay tuned for that. The nonprofit of the month is Adore to Hope. A good friend of mine, Brent Gambrell, is the president. He will give a quick overview via phone conversation. I've actually gone to Haiti with his ministry a couple of times. Hey, this is Brent. Hey, what's up, Brent? Andrew here. How are you? How are you? I'm good, dude. I'm good. Good. Hey, so uh, give me a little, uh, little, give me some details about Adore to Hope. Well, Adore to Hope, uh, we're a ministry organization. We've been in the country of Haiti about seven, uh, almost seventeen years now. Uh, we've been, uh, we have three programs in Haiti: uh, the Foundation of Hope, the Key to Hope, and the. Uh, blocks of hope. We build homes since the earthquake in Haiti. We've been building houses as as hard and fast as we can. So as a real estate person, I guess we're a real estate developer in a third world country. Um, but, but, but we also, uh, we undergird schools and, and we help churches and communities. So that's what we do. People can help us by giving uh, to one of the three programs, they can contact us at adoretohope.com. That's adoretohope.com. Or um, they can come with us to Haiti. We do up to 14 trips a year, uh, and they can come with us, and they can get more information from that, too, at adoretohope.com. Awesome. Cool. Well, I think that's a, that's enough for this week. I'll give you a shout next week, and we'll dive a little deeper into one of the, uh, the actual ministries within it. So right, until man. then, have a good day. Thanks, buddy. And now, without further ado, let's dive into the interview with Diane Hayes. Hello, Nashville. Today, I am sitting down with Diane Hayes, and we are hanging out at Severe Park. And um, hopefully, the AC will keep us cool. Are you good? Yeah, yeah. Thanks for joining me. 
I'm happy to be here. <laughs> good, good, to, good to see you. Um, so here's a little bit about Diane, and um, I had to take her uh, four-page essay of experience and <laughs> and break it down to like a minute. So we'll see how well I did. All right. So Diane Hayes graduated from University of Tennessee in 1976 in journalism, English degree. Since then, she has accumulated over 25 years of experience in various areas of public relations, specializing in program development, special project management, and event production. A little of those details, um, her past experience consists of the following, director of public relations for a few companies, assistant to the commissioner of the Tennessee Department of Economic and Community Development, assistant director for the National Governors Conference held in Nashville. She was on the staff for she was on the staff with Governor Lamar Alexander in 1985 as the director of special projects for his statewide community economic development and cultural tourism initiative. She then began working in public relations as a contractor and consultant developed the first grant program for the Metro National Arts Commission, director of marketing and later director of community development with Tennessee Department of Tourism. And finally, in 1995, she was hired as the executive director of the Young Leaders Council, a nonprofit that trains young professionals to serve on the board of directors of nonprofits, where she presently is still. That's a mouthful. How was that? Was that, that, was that and that was just a, a little bit of what she's done. Um, well, actually, you know, how'd I do? Did I break it down enough? I pretty left good, a few details out, good. probably. Yes. So as you can see, she's been very busy in Nashville making a big impact. And so I met Diane, actually, because my wife went through a Young Leaders Council. Yeah. Probably, let's see, so Bryce is 11 now. It was probably two or three years before that. So yeah. I'm thinking 14 years ago, yeah. maybe something. Mm -hmm. um, and then so when I got in real estate, I was like, hey, that'd be a great avenue to learn about nonprofits because I want to be involved in that. And then some networking, obviously. Um, so I went through it a year and a half ago. Yeah. And now I know everything there is to know about um, nonprofits because I learned from the best. Um, <laughs> I don't know about that. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, so that's a little bit about Diane and her work history. And now we're going to um, jump into the speed round. So, how long have you lived in Nashville? My whole life. Uh, that's what I thought. A Nashville native. Yes. You're one of the few. I know. Um, fewer and fewer. Yeah, so usually I have to ask, why'd you move here? But why have you not moved from here? Oh, good question. Um, I did go away for school for a few years and lived in L.A. for about okay. a year and a half, but never really wanted to live anywhere else but mm -hmm. Nashville. Not just because of my family, that was a big part, but I just always thought it was such a cool city. I guess I was right, because it's gotten <laughs> Very cooler so. and cooler. But it was just a great combination of southern and Southern living and mm -hmm. sophistication. It's yes. always been a little bit of a sophisticated city, but also always Southern. So I don't know. I just never wanted to live anywhere else, yeah. which I think is kind of unusual. I don't hear many people say that, but and what? my husband's the same way. Mm. We're both from here and he, we've never ever wanted to live anywhere else. So I love to travel, mm -hmm. but I don't want to live anywhere else. Yeah, I'm with you. I, I'm, I always look back and think, oh, man, I'm so glad we picked Nashville to move after college. Yeah. And of course, you know, we couldn't have projected the growth or 
the future of real estate or what. Really? But uh, yeah, it's pretty awesome. So that's cool. Um, so what community do, do you currently live in and why did you choose that location? Well, I live right now in Oak Hill, which is an incorporated city in Nashville. And, uh, and, but I, I was just thinking to myself the other day, which is pretty wild to me. I've never, I've lived in a five mile radius my entire life. Uh, and so that's, and so has my husband and we met in high school. So we've wow. known each other a long time. And so anyway, we've just always wanted to live right in that area and, um, not just, I guess just because we like it. I'm assuming there's a pretty good community, sense of community with you being there that long, right? Yes. In our neighborhood, there mm-hmm. is. That's the only cool. sad part, we were the youngest couple when we moved in the neighborhood, and now we're one of the oldest couples in the neighborhood. <laughs> That's the downside yeah. to being somewhere a long time. Right, right. That's cool. Um, all right. So favorite musician or genre of music? Um, genre of music would be first would be pop rock and and second would be country and um my favorite person musician right now is um oh I, I, maybe i shouldn't say this i'm not but anyway justin timberlake okay that's awesome. I happen to love, love his music, yes. and I love him as a person Yes, from what I read. A great entertainer, for And sure. a wonderful entertainer. And I he's was, just down the road from us, right, in Leapers Fort. Yes, and I kind of always go for the entertainment value yeah. of an artist. But um, then the other one would be Billy Joel. Okay. Yeah, I was talking to Natalie the other day because Taylor, well, I think everybody was in concert this last weekend, really? right? Um, and Taylor Swift... I was like, you know, we should go just to go for the sake of the entertainment, you know? Oh, and actually, do you remember? Um, I forget. It was, no, actually, it was Mental Health in Middle Tennessee. But did you go to the event when they had Taylor Swift? Oh, yes, I do. And no one had ever heard of her. And that was when jamming was pretty hot. That event was pretty hot. Mm -hmm. And a lot of us at the time were thinking, what? Who's Taylor Swift? Right, right. And no one's going to come see this. You know, no one even knew. Was she the... Well, which that time there was probably like three or four different artists, right? I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's true. Uh-huh. Uh, that was right before they got Garth to come, I believe. Did they have Garth Benskill? Oh, what Did am they I saying? No, no, say no. That. What am I saying? Oh, I forgot to mention Garth is one of my favorites. Okay, yes. But yes, and yes. Vince, that was before they got Benskill. Which, yeah, so like you, the ones you named are all great entertainers, right? Um, yeah. So tell me one thing most people do not know about you you know just one little nugget um that really before all the garble that you just had to read about my background i actually taught dancing okay and had a dance studio for years years and so that not many people at this stage of my life remember that what uh my what kind of friends. dance was it it was ballet tap jazz cool. um gymnastics Mm-hmm. Uh, for kids and teenagers and some adults along right. the way. And then the second tidbit from that is that during the disco era, I w- was very, it was a great heyday for dance teachers with disco. Yeah. So, and I did a lot of it, disco dancing around town. Do you get out and dance now? 
I do, yeah. Do you ever go to the big band dance? No, you know, I You should check it out. Well, and it's sometimes it's a little hot because it's like during the summer, but it's fun just to go sit and listen to some live music. Oh, I'm sorry. You mean in the park? Yes, Centennial Park, yeah. yeah. My uh, daughter sings with the big band that plays there every summer. Oh, really? So I've definitely been there uh, during when she sings. But it does get, it's so great, but it does get a lot hot. Yeah, it does. And it's so, well, because it's so popular, so crowded too. It's like, oh, you got to. You know, stay tight. Yeah, but yeah, it's pretty I know. Fun. Yeah, it's fun. So, uh, what is one of the most exciting places you've visited? Oh, that's a good question. Um, most exciting places, I would say um, France is one of my favorite places that I've ever visited. And it, it, yeah, it's it was exciting for me. It's it's not like what you'd call your unusual place for people to visit, but mm-hmm. I loved it. The southern part of France, especially, but and Paris, and um, and then there's a spot in California mm-hmm. that um, we stumbled upon one time. Uh, it's called Cambria, and it's really, it's not very unknown either. Okay. But it's where the Hearst Castle is. But it's right on the coast of California. Mm. Beautiful. I bet. Sea lions are just laying around like they're your pets in your backyard. Right. You know, on the rocks of the. And that was a really fun place to stumble upon right. when we looking for it. So. Right. That's cool. You st- Do you still travel quite a bit now? Probably more. And Good. Once I'm um, not totally working, right. we'll probably even do more. But we're going to Ireland in October because we have a grandson getting married, and that's where they're getting married. Really? In Ireland. Just picked a place? Just picked it? The, the lady that he's marrying said she saw this castle when she was seven years old, and she said, that's where I'm going to get are married. Are you serious? Yes. That's and cool. they are. Well, that's awesome. I know. And Way to make your dreams come true, isn't right? Isn't that the truth? And, and uh, But anyway, that should be fun. That's that'll, That will be cool. Yeah, yeah. All right, so in, in, say, just in a few minutes, aside from all the things I listed, kind of what do you have going on now, a little bit about you? In my life? Yes. Well, not about your life, but like kind of work, you know, work-wise with Young Leaders. Like with Young bit. Leaders yeah. Council. Yeah. Young Leaders Council has grown, you know, so much. Andrew and Natalie's seen it for sure, but it's exciting because mm-hmm. um, uh, I, you know, I see, I've seen it grown. I've gotten to be a part of the growth along with great boards that we have. And um, so it keeps me very busy because I'm the only full-time employee. I have a part-time program manager and administrative person. And then I have a lady who does all our communications and she's on contract. So that's wonderful, have those Mm -hmm. two people. But it's growing so much and that's a challenge because then you want to think, okay, where is the best way for us to grow? We don't want to lose our mission. Mm-hmm. Because we're the only game in town that trains young professionals to right. serve on nonprofit boards, so we don't want to we don't want to get past our mission. Right. But sometimes nonprofits do that because may, they may hear of a grant that kind of gets them away from their mission, and then they get the grant, and then they go what? But so we don't want to do that. We want to stay where we're needed. We like you know what we're doing because we're serving a great so you're in that service. you still have a uh, in brentwood as well or is it just nashville? Uh, it, no we have five programs oh now. five okay we have well we have two in nashville okay. in the fall and the spring and then we have one with the junior league mm-hmm. that's now 12 years old and that's for junior league members only and then we have one in williamson county in partnership with the williamson county chamber 
And then we just started one with the alums of the um, Massey Graduate School of Business mm. at Belmont. So, like I said, is yeah. going. And like I said, so that's the challenge. You know? right. Do, right. You have to kind of, do we take the leap to get um, bigger and bigger? Or? Right. Because you know you're impacting so many people with it. So I'm yeah. sure it would be hard to be like, let's just grow it and grow it and grow it, you know? Exactly. And it's a pretty, you know, personal, I mean, it's personal one-on-one with people. I right. mean, they're all in a class, but mm-hmm. it's... Um, well, and then you got to get speakers and for all of it and stuff, well, uh, right? Yes, yeah. and you want to also keep it quality. Mm-hmm. The class is quality right. rather than quantity. Mm-hmm. And uh, so it'll get to a point now, I think, where we're going to have to start another class in Nashville. Gotcha. But um, anyway, so that's exciting, all the growth. But that keeps me pretty busy. Yeah, I bet. I'd say so. Yeah. All right, so we'll dive into uh, some questions. Okay. All right. You are so excited. You just got a notification via text that the time machine you ordered from Amazon just arrived. You jump in and push the button labeled childhood. What are a few moments from back then that you would love to visit because they made such an impact on you? Interesting. Okay. Um, I'll get, uh, two or three, and okay. I'll say them fast. Uh, when I was young, I grew up in a community in Nashville, which is now it's Berry Hill. Okay. And it was a really close community, and kids were everywhere. So some of my favorite memories are all the kids that I knew that I still know, many of them. And we played out in the yard, and we ran, and we played till dark and didn't want to come in. And and those are all just really true experiences that stick in my mind that I think are part of who I am, Mm -hmm. you know, that free spirit of feeling safe and all that. Yes. And then the next uh, step was when I found a youth group at a church. And um, don't want to sound corny or cheesy, but it was the turning point in my life. Yeah, the church part was wonderful, but it was really the youth group. And it became a huge, the center of my life at that time. And I had a lot of kids in the youth group, went to my high school too, and met my husband. He was in that youth group. And uh, friends that I still have now, lifelong friends. It was really the turning point in my life that youth group Mm -hmm. and then the next thing that i would go back to maybe this is not childhood but it's high school okay (laughs) will that work that's fine yeah (laughs) that i started a new high school okay and it was really which was john overton high school in nashville Mm -hmm. and it was only three years old and that was a wonderful wonderful thing too because that was a turning point in my life so those three things stand out really strong yeah which is really cool because it seems like all of them tie into community right yeah the sense of community and even having that closeness within your community i'm sure that was a draw of why you wanted to stay in nashville because the memories were so great. Exactly. Why leave, right? And I still, yes. And, and they were all great. You know, some people don't want to go back where they grew up because their memories weren't good. Right. And yeah. that, and I hate that for them. No but, offense to where I grew up, but I would stay in Nashville. <laughs> <laughs> You're right. Um, but uh, this was, uh, yeah, that's a, probably a really, because like I said, I still have so many friends from that youth group. Yes. From my high school that are still, I have new friends too, but right. I had those long long lasting friendships that you just can't replace yeah yeah it's just interesting to think because then you're so connected now with all you do so that sense of community and where you live so it's like yeah that community just ingrained in you yeah just with the positive experiences of wanting to be around 
That's other amazing. People, what you're you know? saying makes me think about that. I never really did, but you're absolutely mm-hmm. true. And about two blocks from here is the church I'm talking about. Okay. And and this was, you know, this is all great neighborhood. And yes, it was a little more inner city then than right. it is now. But um, so yeah, community and and also that makes me have a great interest in community mm-hmm. and community development and what all goes on in the community. So. Yes. Well, that was one thing Derek and I were talking about. We're like, you know, it'd be great if even schools, you know, got more connected with different communities, different demographics and stuff. So you're not just stuck out in Wilson County, you know, right. you're getting incorporated right. into more culture, you know, and it was really neat. I was a friend of mine lives in well, one of my best friends lives in Springfield, Missouri, and he was talking about how their school, like the first few years, like they're not really focused on the test scores. They're focused on building character of kids. Wow. And I was like, wow, I like that. You know? Isn't that the truth? Yeah. That is so great. When I was at the Department of Tourism, mm-hmm. I started there as the director of marketing. And then we opened a new division called Community Development. Okay. And I got to travel. And really what it was, we were bringing technical assistance to rural communities that had wonderful opportunities for tourism but didn't know how to develop it. Mm-hmm. And so um, I got... Then I became the director of that new, of the community development division, and I loved it. And I got to go to all these little, beautiful towns in Tennessee and meet them. And one time a friend said to me, well, you'd rather do that than, like, go, you know, tourism has a a reputation of of excitement and glamour, and it it does have some to it. You'd rather do that than go to Dollywood or or Graceland all the time or go to a convention. Mm. And I said, you just would not believe, and it surprised me, what's out there and the wealth in those rural communities. Hmm. And it was so exciting and also a real eye-opener to me that that community is so important, and they're so proud Mm -hmm. of it. And uh, one other time I experienced that in my life was when the program that I worked for with Lamar Alexander was called Tennessee Homecoming 86. Okay. It was quite a big deal. Okay. So you notice I left the homecoming part. I didn't totally understand that, but uh, that, so well, I'm glad you're right. explaining it. But it was a wonderful initiative. It, it, what he wanted to do was to have this statewide promotion that communities would celebrate themselves mm-hmm. and what they were proud of and it was really a pretty structured program and the first part they had to commit to doing it and then they had to um, uh, decide on a project that they would do as a community then they had to decide on a celebration that they would do to celebrate their community and then they had to make a vision plan for the mm. future it was really fascinating yeah. job for me great job not only something that would promote their community but it brings the community together and, right? it, and it did both mm-hmm. and i mean i really give him the credit for it he had this vision he didn't know how it was going to happen but he had this vision and he said okay he, he hired this group uh, mm-hmm. of people that i was lucky to be a part of and he said okay this is what i want now go do it right and we were going huh that's huh? how you delegate right yeah exactly and but but with great minds and great people, we came up yeah. with a really, and it was, the, the point of it was, and I'm telling that, is it made me see communities mm-hmm. and how the pride of a community, at first they all thought it was political, and they had mm-hmm. to pay for it. They had to come up with the money to do all this. It didn't come from the uh, ca- Nashville, the capital. Right. But these people went crazy when mm-hmm. they started thinking about 
their community and how they loved it and what yeah. all they were proud of and yeah. what they wanted to celebrate and what they wanted to do in the future. It was just, and that was another mm-hmm. time when my love of community yeah. came in. Well, that's what's cool when I'm showing out of towners around Nashville and I'm talking about it, and and I'm not trying to sell it. It's just like I realize like how much I do enjoy Nashville and your and pride, yeah. yeah, and just get excited about you know when they're know. when they're picking between different cities, you know. I know. And I'm like, we have the best of everything. <laughs> I know. It seems like it. Um, all right, so. After you enjoy some of your childhood experiences, you jump back in the time machine and excitedly push teen years. What are a few pivotal moments that helped prepare you to leave the house and take on the world? So I know you mentioned that the change in the schools, but like within that time period as you're there, what are some moments that prepared you for um, college? Well, that's a good question. I think one thing, um, I mentioned that I taught dancing for many, many years, and I actually started when I was in high school. And I had a dance studio in my house, and then I had a dance studio in Springfield, Tennessee. And as a senior in high school, I would drive there two days a week because they didn't really... Springfield was very small then, Mm -hmm. and they didn't really have someone, so they brought dance teachers in, and I was one of them. But that taught me responsibility, because I was responsible to the kids to give them some kind of education, responsible to what money I made. Um, So that was a really um, matured me somewhat. Mm -hmm. And then um, my parents were a little bit older and they always let me have a lot of freedom. And uh, I really do think that that gave me the sense of responsibility. You might think, well, it might have made me wild and nuts and crazy Mm -hmm. and maybe I was a little bit but (laughs) I'm not totally and so that I think the the way that they raised me was pivotal by the time I and then the youth group I was telling Mm -hmm. you about yeah I know I hate to keep coming back to that but I told you it was a big spot and um because I had a lot of leadership responsibility in that group and was Mm -hmm. taught a lot of leadership by the guy who was the youth director and um so I think those three things in high school is what mm-hmm. really gave me some foundation to. Which you had, go so on. you you had the freedom, yeah. Because you obviously, you know, I'd imagine gain respect from your parents and trust, right? Yeah. And then then Absolutely. you had the community um, that you were involved in, so that kind of kept you grounded. Yeah. And obviously, it was a faith based community as well. Yeah. So that kept, uh, you know, from going. Well, although that's not always the case. No, <laughs> obviously there were you times. Know, yes, there were times. Yes, yes. You so know, that's kind of cool. Church, youth group, or not? <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I, um, Bryce, this was like a year and a half ago, and we're swinging, and he mentioned something about um, you know, female and male, you know, connectedness, <laughs> and uh, he, we're like, you know, we haven't really talked to him yet at that point, and I'm like, where did you hear that? Oh, this girl and. At church, I'm like, oh, great. Yeah. Of all the places, <laughs> right? Course. You're like, oh, we got to put them in this yeah. school and this school. And it's like, look, you're, right. you're going to hear it all over the place. Everywhere in yeah. the world. That's why it all kind of starts at home. Yeah. You know? and, and I do. I love the um, the guy I was telling you about, Vincent. Um, he, I forget what he had did a little segment with his son. But it, it was kind of circle around the freedom, which that's his whole platform, freedom. Um, uh, and I think that, yeah, I think that's kind of really important of having that freedom because if you if you try to restrain the kids, eventually they will rebel. 
They will. Uh-huh. And I had, um, and um, my parents were considered, like I said, pretty free and liberal mm-hmm. okay. compared to my other friends' parents because okay, they gotcha. were older and they'd experienced more. And, yes. And I had some older siblings, quite a bit older siblings, mm-hmm. uh, 10 years and 12 years. Okay. Older. And uh, so, yeah, they were, they were laid back. <laughs> she got you got know. to do anything. Yeah, everything. right. But I had friends who had such strict parents mm-hmm. that they could get more done by 10 o'clock at night when they had to go home then I thought about up until midnight because they felt they had to get out there and go crazy till they could get home you know I mean right. till they had to go home and I mean of course you have that has to be balanced yeah. but I do think the sense of freedom and the sense of having to be responsible for yourself right. has a you know I think you're taught that yeah. to some degree. Huh, interesting. Yeah, I yeah, know. That's cool. Um, I mean, I've said heard you just want to keep like talking about just the freedom versus and the independence and all that stuff. But all right, so I know there's probably a lot of people would disagree with me, but I oh, just saw it. Well, you know? yeah. I mean, I was I was free. Now my mom would sometimes be like, "No, you can't go," and that used to annoy me because I'm like, "Why?" Because I said so, and I'm like, "But I got nothing to do." And it's funny because even now. When the boys want to do something, like I'm like, sure, and I mean I'm pretty free with it. I'm like, yeah. if they got nothing to do, and my wife and I kind of butt heads a little bit because <laughs> she'll tend to be like, uh, sometimes she'll definitely say no more than I will say uh-huh. yes. But sometimes I don't know everything that's going on. Yeah, right. Um, <laughs> no. But yeah, but I'm like, well, why not? Like I was told no, and. I mean, I kind of rebel a little bit in college. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, I mean, it all has to be balanced. Right. And then there has to be a, a big respect for your parents. Yes. I really, that's, that's a big part. It yeah. is. Because I think, honestly, as I look back, that was the only thing that kept me from getting mm-hmm. in trouble was what I thought they would think and how it would hurt them. Yeah. And, I, I mean, I truly know that that's what. Yeah. And, and not that I didn't still do some things. I'm sure they weren't real thrilled right. about it. I wasn't any goody You were a kid, yeah. Yeah. Right. Teenager. Teenager yeah. and a kid. But that's what kept me from bad trouble, mm-hmm. for sure. All right. So we're going to jump back in the time machine. Okay. You have only you have only two buttons that are still lit up. You choose influencer. When the time machine stops and you step out, who would be there to greet you because they had a huge influence on your life? And this would be overall, you know. Okay. you. I mean, I feel like I'm repeating myself, but yeah. it's the truth. <laughs> the, the, the youth group I talked yes, about. Yes, yes. The youth director, and I'll, he's right. no longer living, but I'll name his name because his name is George Bass. And he was a huge influence in my life. And I mean, he was just doing this volunteer. He had a job, but he was just a huge influence. Mm. And then I had um, another person in my life that was a boss and he was a huge influence. And because he believed in me and the same thing with the youth group director, Mm -hmm. they believed in me before I believed in myself. And that, uh, as I look back on it, that's why they were such an influence, because they did believe in me. And uh, so those, those two, and they just happened to both be men. And then my mom, everybody mm-hmm. says, I guess, mom. But uh, definitely, definitely she was the number one, I should say. But yeah. looking at other people outside of my family definitely was the so, youth group director and the first boss I had. Yeah, so I think that's, I started to say, so parents, when you think about your words course pointing to me but actually that's anybody you know 
parents, kids talking to friends, you know, just the just a little bit of encouraging words can make such a difference in people's oh, lives. Absolutely. You know? Like I said, uh, they believed in me before I did because they would say they wanted me to do this and I, I would in my mind I would go, I can't do that. I don't have the experience and then I would think well, they think I can, so I guess if they right. think I can, I can. And, I mean, I literally remember times thinking those words mm-hmm. in my head. So, yeah, what people believe, when they believe in you and what they say to you mm-hmm. makes such a huge difference. Teachers. Right. Really, you know, they can, can say. Can make it. Well, yeah, I mean, because they're, they're, they're so much of your life, and you know. can say such uh, most encouraging words mm-hmm. and uplifting and then sometimes can say the most downtrodden and not uplifting kind of just like parents too right yeah no yeah (laughs) all right so uh one last time you step back in the time machine you click the last button but the time machine explodes thankfully by the grace of god you escape without a scratch (laughs) life can be like that sometimes something comes at us unexpected and sometimes we make it out without a scratch or sometimes we need time to heal. Obviously, we all know life is not perfect. Tell me some struggles you have had along your journey. What effect did it have on your life and how did you come out a better person? Wow. Uh, I don't know how deep we go into this, (laughs) but uh, um, I was married before when I was young. Mm -hmm. You know, a lot of my generation got married too young. And, um, And so... I didn't, never dreamed, never went into a marriage thinking I wasn't doing the right thing. But a few years into it, I knew I had not done, made the right decision. Mm -hmm. And so, and decided that I just wasn't going to be, that's, this is not the husband I'm with now. (laughs) Obviously. Well, I mean, you You never know. know. You could have got back. There was a little break in there. Well, I did. I did. And uh, I mean, this was a break in between where I was back then and where I am now. Same man before and after, but there was a marriage in between. Okay, gotcha, gotcha. And so, uh, and and that was a huge Mm -hmm. thing, you know, that having to realize that you made a mistake, and I had a daughter at that by that time, and and what was I going to do? It was a big turning point in my life of deciding in my head what I mean. It was the first time I really ever thought too much about. I mean, because I was young, I was 25, but I was thinking, you know, I had to think about somebody else besides mm-hmm. myself. And uh, so that was a huge, huge um, time when I learned about myself. It was very hurtful, which is what I look back on my life and realize that's when I've learned the most about myself is during the hurtful times. You know, when things are going along, rocking along nice, you just, you don't think about it, you mm-hmm. know, but when it and you don't grow a lot either right. when things are rocking right. along really great it's when the hurtful times or the hard times come that um you learn mm-hmm. a lot of you hope yourself, you do for sure and right? you hope you do and you learn or you learn about yeah you learn about yourself and what you think think about life and other people and all during the hurtful times. right so right that was definitely a hard hurtful time and uh it, it's turned out to be great for me and for him mm-hmm. and which I always thought then during that time when I was making that decision, I mean, he could, if I'd stayed, we might have been miserable and he wouldn't have even have a chance to have, you know, 
another life. And so, thank goodness it's turned out he did. Yeah. And he seems to have had a happy life. Now, you know, this is all over a span of many right. years because I, you're looking at a person that's been living kind of a long time, <laughs> which I'm glad of. But, right, but, right. But uh, anyway, that was that was the most hurtful time yeah, in yeah. my life that I learned the most. Yeah, and learned. And is that what you asked me? Yes, it was. It was. <laughs> um, and, and the responsible of having a kid, yeah, just having to step up, you know. Yes, like, and what was it going to do to her? Right. You know. But right. as it, like I said, thank goodness it turned out to be good for, mm-hmm. to all involved. Yeah. And uh, but boy, it was tough during that time. Yeah, I bet. Yeah, it made I me bet. grow up pretty fast. I bet it did. Um, all right, so now we're going to take a little break and give a shout out. Um, shout out to one of your favorite restaurants and to one of your favorite nonprofits, and you can name yours. Um, so this is just acknowledgement of a local restaurant around here that yeah. you like. And why do you like it? Yeah. Um, okay. One of my favorite restaurants would be, um, well, I like local ones. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I guess my really favorite overall that I go to is Berries. Okay. And then the second would be, um, well, I love Peter's Sushi in Brentwood. Mm-hmm. That is a good one. Oh. Yeah. And I literally just got hungry. Because we're talking about food, like my stomach's like going, ah. And uh, I love Burger Up. That's near where we're here at Severe Park. Mm-hmm. And um, So number one was Sperry's. Why do you like that one so much? Well, it's very consistent, you know. I mean, it's not the least expensive in town, but it's great quality mm-hmm. and very consistent. And you can just kind of always bet on it being good mm-hmm. and then um when you walk in you kind of feel it's cozy you kind of feel comfortable right so those are my favorite things about it well favorite. and obviously the good food but right like i said it's consistently right good. right yeah makes that's that's big yeah. um and one more non-pro- okay one more Go one more it. is the bombay palace on west end which is an indian mm-hmm. local indian place really great I think somebody else mentioned that. I'm going to have to try that one. Yeah, I love it. All right, so favorite nonprofit? Well, I guess I have to. <laughs> I would be a little remiss if I didn't say Young Leaders Council, but I have a second one. Okay. You, will you let me say a second sure, one? Sure, yes. And that's where we met with Mental Health America yes. of Middle Tennessee because they do incredible work mm-hmm. and don't get recognized as much as I think they should. And in this world and mm-hmm. in this day and time, boy. Mental health is an issue that really needs to have a lot of attention. And mm-hmm. so I really respect what they do. Tom Starling there mm-hmm. is executive director, does such a wonderful job. He's so passionate. And so that's my second one. Yeah. They already had their concert this year, right? Yeah. That was good. Did you make it? Yeah. No. With Trace the first one in like 15 uh, years, we were out of town. We didn't make the last one. Um, but this was the first one that uh, we didn't get to eat some barbecue. Oh, yeah. Was it there and you just didn't get, no, they, get up to they, they didn't do he, it? Well, you know, time? he opened a restaurant now. Oh, and yeah. And so they were kind of tied oh, up doing yeah, that. Oh, yeah. Oh, I gotcha. Yeah, yeah. I heard, though, it was very good. Yes, it was. And, um, well, yeah, because they brought out Mercy Me, you know, and yeah. Trace Atkins, he's just funny. Like, I, his humor. I know. Um, I really Yeah, hated. it was good. Like, it was actually, yeah, it was really good. Really good. Yeah. Um, so I know you have worked with a lot of nonprofits. I can imagine you have seen a lot of struggles within the nonprofits as well as the people the nonprofits serve. Okay. What wisdom would you pass along to people struggling and feel there is no light at the end of the tunnel? Wow. 
I wish I had the real answer to this. I'd be, I'd be a wonderful um, person in the world, right, wouldn't right. I? Right, right. But, um, you know, I think that people who don't see the light at the end of the tunnel need to reach out to others. And I think when you get into that spot that it's really hard to reach out sometime. I mean, you're so struggling and, and looking at what you need so bad that you don't maybe have the time to look around to see who might could be help in a lot of different ways. Other people could be resources and could be help. Mm-hmm. And that's really, really hard to do. And I always hope for those people that there's one person in their life that tells them that and can lead them to different places. And with nonprofits, the thing I see, the the struggle for money with nonprofits takes over sometimes because it's you know it's really hard the, the fundraising for nonprofits. And in Nashville, it all tends to come from some of the same pots of money. So if a nonprofit happens to see a new pot of money out there, it may not even fit their mission that well, but they're going to go for it. And you know, staying on and and may not be where they should have gone, but they have to do it once they get like a grant or something. And just staying on the mission of a nonprofit is so important. That's the best way they help because their mission must have been a good mission to begin with, or the nonprofit wouldn't have begun. Right. So that, that is just what I think. And then those who, and talking about mental health, mm-hmm. there's so right, exactly. many people yeah. that get to the end of the tunnel and don't yeah. see any hope. Which is interesting because picturing the well, right? They're walking around, like you said, focused on them and they're in the dark. And there's people up top just looking in going, hey, there's a rope. Here's this and that. Right. Just look up, reach out, which right. I like is that's, you know, mental health you know, about race, erasing the stigma that, you know, exactly. it's like when you get, actually don't get to that point, surround yourself around people so you don't get to that point. Exactly. But, you know, if, when you do, just look up, you know. Yeah, because people who are hurting so bad, they, you know, they tend to all they can think about is themselves because mm-hmm. of the hurt, you know. I mean, they're just, they're turned inward. And if they could possibly, or if someone's there to help them look out and see, you know, what the resources are to help them or what they could do. But mm-hmm. that sounds very simplistic. Yes. But, right. uh, and when it takes people uh, that are not in that place to look out for that as yeah, well and be yeah. willing to, you know, lend a hand, exactly. you know, when the time's needed. So, yeah. And yeah. also mental health is, can be expensive. Yeah. And so if um, people who are looking for help could know the places they can go and get it where it's not so expensive, mm-hmm. that's a really, I think, a struggle that yeah. search for where they could go because most of them just have it in, in their mind that it's so expensive. And it right. is at different right. places. But there are places where they can get it. Where they that's can, true. Yeah, which is, you know, that's the cool thing about what. Tennessee Voices for Children, you yes. know, they're, they're meeting a lot of those needs. There yes. are a lot of grants and Absolutely. stuff. Because they're tied with the suicide prevention aspect. Yes. And they have, you know, some of their um, people that are within schools and kind of doing some testing. And, right. You know, so, yeah, obviously it's on it's on a lot of people's radar, but it's such a yeah. epidemic. Is that the word? Yeah, that, that's you know, I think it, it takes is. a lot of a lot of effort on a lot of people to you know yeah 
I think it is an epidemic because it's a complicated world now. Mm-hmm. Very complicated. It's I know. Always social been... media does. Social media doesn't help either, you know? No. Like, <laughs> I know. Which is but crazy. social media does help it, in right, some ways, right. too. I know. It's I, both. Everything's good and bad, right? Yeah, that's right. Um, good and bad yes. to everything. Agreed. A yin and a yang. Uh-huh. So, um... You have held several positions in your career with different companies. When do you know it is time to make a change? Or when do you need to work harder and just focus on the current job? Well, I think if you get up in the morning and you consistently, not one time happens to ever, but on a pretty consistent basis, you wake up in the morning and you think, oh God, I just don't want to go. You dread it. You hate it. You hate everything about it. I think it's time to make a change, mm-hmm. and which is change is so hard and scary, especially if you have a family and, you know, but um, definitely when you don't want to go ever <laughs> or in most mornings, you don't want to go. Right. Then when it's time to make a change in an organization, you know, and I think a lot about this with young leaders because I've been there a long time. I've been there 23 years and every organization need some new life sometime and need some new thinking or need some change or, you know, so I think about that because I want to know the right time that I should move, you know, past the baton. Right. So, because it comes a time when there needs to be change in everything. Mm -hmm. So I think about that quite often these days. Right. Right. So, um, okay. Did that answer that? It did. You did. I mean, it's really, that was a simple answer. You wake up. I like I like what you said. Not just one morning. Right. I don't want to go to work. Why? Yeah. Did you stay up too late the night exactly. before and drink too much? No, no. Or do you actually just hate your job? On a basis. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, so you're doing great things with Young Leaders Council, and you are able to bring in some great people making a huge impact in the world. What has given you the desire to stay with Young Leaders for so many years and make the impact you have made so kind of tying to the your last statement about when is the time to pass the baton but obviously there's you desire to be there so what has kept you there for so long well you just mentioned it all well all the great people that i've met like you i mean just so vast amount of great young professionals and great minds and great energy and enthusiasm and I'm not sounding meaning to sound corny I'm really truthful it's just been amazing to me and things they do just like you've done here and um, with um, everything you're doing with your Mm -hmm. podcast and that is and you know it changes every year I see new classes and I meet new people and so that has been that has definitely been the number one that's kept me Mm-hmm. There, and uh, and then I see the good that they do when they go on boards, and there's so many nonprofits in Nashville, and they need that, the new blood. They need that energy, enthusiasm, and new ideas and creativity. And I hear the people at the nonprofits talk about the young leaders that come on there and do mm-hmm. their internship there, or then stay on as a full board member. Right. And then, uh, so I know the good it's doing in the mm-hmm. city and that's exciting. Yeah. It's, it's interesting to think if, if you weren't doing what you were doing, one, would there be that pool of people that are going to nonprofits, you know, and then which there wouldn't be, but two, just that education of being on the board, 
you know, and what does right. that look like? Um, yeah. So, you know, that, that would difference. be a big missing. That would be a big missing piece in Nashville with all the nonprofits. You know, I really, really, I do think it would be because a lot of nonprofits really, well, most all the nonprofits really appreciate the young professionals that they get from young leaders, and that they're trained. Right. Because a lot of people, myself being one of them, you get on a board and you're not trained and you go, what? What's a board member supposed to do? What are my responsibilities? I don't even get it. You know, I love the organization, but I don't know what a board member is supposed to do. Right. And I'm sure that I'm sure a lot of people agree with me on that, because if you don't, if you aren't trained, you don't you have to learn as you're doing, Mm -hmm. you know. And you still learn as you're doing some once you get on a right. board, even if you've been through Young Leaders. But it really helps, I think, to have those basic fundamentals uh, that you that you have become familiar with. Right. I think that really helps. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. I know you have met some great young adults that have so much potential, yet they walk around like they have invisible handcuffs restraining them from moving forward. You have the one key they can unlock the cuffs. You have the one key that can unlock the cuffs, also known as fear. What does that key hold that will set them free? Well, I'm, uh, again, I think I'm repeating myself a little bit, but I feel like reaching out to others is a, a key because so many people, when there is fear, are very afraid to reach out. They're afraid they'll look stupid. They're, they're afraid people will laugh. They're afraid that, you know, that they'll say the wrong thing. But then uh, there's many people to reach out to. Mm-hmm. And I think it's the same thing with young people in school and uh, that they if they have someone they can reach out to or feel safe they can reach out and it's the same thing with adults i think i don't think that changes a whole lot if you have a friend or if you have a a boss or someone you work with or your spouse or if you just have one person in your life you can reach out to to talk and the communication i guess becomes the key so that you can talk with someone and and hear and could be a therapist you know Mm -hmm. i mean a professional too but as you're talking, just like I'm doing today, right. you learn about yourself. Right. And then you learn that you knew more than you thought you knew. Mm-hmm. And um, so, I don't know, I think that uh, the key would be to reach out to others. And let the fear be known. And, yeah, let the fear be known. And then, um, yeah. And, All right. And then some re- researching, I mean, reading on your own. I mean, there is some there are some great resources out there to to research. Yeah. Yeah. But, um, you know, you let somebody know you're fearful and all of a sudden you find out, well, they were fearful, fearful, right. too, you know, right. or they'd been through that and they had some good suggestions. And let's just all give each other a big hug, you know? Yeah, because we all I know I sound like Pollyanna, but, it, but <laughs> no, it's it's it's, it's all. It, um, well, that's the funny thing is a lot of I mean, a lot of keys to life are kind of simple. I know, but yet so They're hard. simple in thought, yet yeah. in action, you know. Because, you know, if you reach out and you and A you lot of say times we things, have that wall of pride yes, or, and, you know, and fear, insecurity. Yes, and fear, looking and, yeah. stupid and all. And it, it's amazing sometimes when you reach out and you realize, oh, my gosh, yeah. you know. Oh, yeah. Or like if you're going through a divorce and you think nobody in the world knows and nobody even knows how you feel and all of a sudden you tell someone you're going through a divorce 
you hear story after story after story after story of people you might not have even known were going to go th- or were going or had been through a divorce. Right. And yes. So yeah. That's well, yeah, that's like, uh, you know, when, when, you know, a lot of women are dealing with miscarriages. Yeah. And, oh, yeah. And I guess, you know, there is more of, again, of a social media aspect of people sharing. Yeah. But, well, that's true. But, you know, yeah, you a lot of times you don't realize that, you know. They there went were through so that. many more, yeah. Yes. And just by opening up what you were going through, you never know how that person's insight and wisdom can make a big difference in that moment in your life. You know? Right. And I think that that's why people who are, or at least I don't, I'm not certainly not an expert on this, but um, people contemplating taking their life mm-hmm. and they call a crisis line. Yeah. Right. I mean, that's, they're reaching out. I mean, hopefully they do do that. Um, but then they, you know, it's just that reaching out, right. which is very scary and very hard to do. Yeah, there's been some pretty cool stories, obviously, with that, with a simple call. Exactly. So why should people get involved with the nonprofit and serve on a board? Um, what advice? Well, you know, I think we all have to give back in this world some because most of us have received a lot. So even especially those that have received a lot that we need to uh, give back and pay it forward. And uh, so I think uh, being on a volunteering is a big deal to begin with. And there's so many wonderful nonprofits in Nashville that need volunteers. And um, and then and if anybody wonders where you see all those nonprofits, there's a website called givingmatters.org. Com, mm-hmm. And it has almost every nonprofit in Middle Tennessee on it and what they do. And it profiles their finances and their board. And anyway, then volunteering is wonderful. And then once you volunteer for a while, you probably have an organization that really is where your, your passion is. And then if you're on the board, you can help lead that organization, help set policy, and govern, and vision for that and uh, and be a part of the becoming fiscally responsible for that organization. So that's why boards are important and need really great board members to mm-hmm. to do that, to keep the organization alive and moving in the right direction. Right. Yeah. Good advice. <laughs> it's funny because uh, sometimes whenever I ask a question and you respond or if a guest responds, and you always kind of want to like engage back, but sometimes I'm like, well, I don't have anything else to say on that. You know what I mean? It's like, okay, I'll do the next question. But I feel like, Warb, were you listening? Yeah, I was. I just I didn't know. have, I just well, didn't have any input on that one. Sometimes that's a good interviewer, though. Yeah, I guess that so. Right. Than- that, yeah, yeah. So you don't always have to respond. Yeah. Um, all right. So, and uh, one of the questions Natalie threw out that I should ask you. How do you remember so many people's names? She's amazed <laughs> that, you know, how many names you, is it, is there something you practice that no, helps I've, with that? I, no, I think it's something you're born with. I mean, I have always been able to remember names and faces and phone numbers. Now, don't ask me where still my phone numbers. Is. Yeah. I, like you still are able to remember phone numbers? Yeah, with? a lot of, a lot of phone numbers. Okay. A lot, but that is less than it yes, used to because be. now it's like we don't have to think you just right. hit a button right yeah exactly but I, and sometimes i don't even do that because right. i know the numbers in my okay. head but but i've just always been able to do that i and but it's a curse sometimes yes because see i see someone that i met and i know who they are i know their name i know where we met but they don't remember me from the man in the moon and i go 
Okay, not to see. This is right. I remember them. Why don't can't they remember me? It really is one of my pet peeves, which shouldn't be because some people just don't have that. You know, whereas I don't have a lot of other things. You know. Mm Organization well, is one that I suffer with all the time. <laughs> the well, I think skill I of think, organization. I think that's good because I'm I'm not good with names. Like like Natalie, you know, <laughs> I shouldn't say this, but I mean we have kids in our families in our life group, and I don't remember all their kids' names. Like I mean, I, I'm calling my boys, you know, Graham Hudson, Bright Grant, like you know. And Bryce even said the other day, "Why do you call me Hudson?" I'm like, I don't know, because you know, I, in the moment, because I, I usually get on to Graham, you know. Um, but but I often think I'm like, gosh, I think sometimes it's a matter of not listening on that intro. But Maybe. yeah, I'm not unless I've like talked with you for a yeah, while. Yeah. Um, and even if I talk to you for quite a while and two years later, I see you, I'm going to remember you. And I'm actually really good with voices. Oh, well, like that's interesting. It, on the phone. If I can, I can pick up somebody's voice pretty really? quick. I'm like, I know who that, I know who that is. Now that's, yeah, that, that's really getting yeah, pretty. But I won't know the name. Is. <laughs> Well, like I said, I may remember phone numbers and names and faces, right. but I might lose my purse 10 times today, right. or and I have a little trouble with organization. Yeah. So I guess we all have our We do. We have and, our strengths and weaknesses, yes, right? Yes. All right. So, um, uh-oh, they reconstructed that time machine, and <laughs> now you can jump back in and press the last button that reads adulthood. As it takes you back looking over those years in a broad view, what are a few words of wisdom that you would impart to your 20-year-old self to prevent a bit of heartache or struggle? And I know, you know, you, you shared about the marriage, but maybe yeah. something else broader. Oh, yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. And that is believe in yourself because you just don't don't think everybody else has it together and everybody else has the answers and they're not worried about you know looking again looking dumb or you know just if i knew this if i knew then what mm-hmm. i know now that everybody struggles with that and i'm just probably as smart as anybody else or maybe even smarter than some or have better ideas or maybe my ideas aren't as good but you know that you know, if you can just don't be so afraid that you're going to you know, step out there right. and not be afraid of taking a chance or mm-hmm. a change. And um, and that I guess that's when I look back on it, and I think, well, why did I think I was so not as good as so and so or so and so? Because now, many years later, I realize I was right now. I don't know how you do that, because that comes through experience and right. life and all that. But uh, I really wish that. All of us could do more right. of that, especially when you're young, right? And realize that you have a lot to give. Mm-hmm. Don't don't think too hard, or don't overanalyze yourself. Exactly, you know? or think you know, don't think so much of the other person, not enough of yourself. You know, and I think uh, one of the cool things too, I know this is about me and probably many people, is that you do look at some new challenge in life. Yeah. And you're like, oh, man, I can't do that. But the reality is most people, they step up. Once they get in the challenge, you yeah. step up and you yeah. learn it because now you're in it. Yes. So just know that that initial, it's like waking up in the morning. Um, and I'm doing a morning routine now, waking up at 530. Oh, yeah. And, and what do you do? 
Well, so I wake up at 5.30, splash my face with some water, yeah. have a glass of water, and then I go downstairs, stretch. I've actually got a couple of uh, like devotional um, podcasts that are like two and five minutes long, oh. so I incorporate that as well. Cool. While you're stretching? Yeah, while I'm stretching. That's great. And then by that time, the boys are getting up, so I go and just make sure they get up, which, God, they're Graham's a heavy sleeper. <laughs> And um, I try to be patient with it and loving. I want to just <laughs> knock him upside the head. I, know. I bet and he's up fast on Saturday mornings. They are. Uh-huh, and you're like, what? Imagine that. It's crazy. So <laughs> um, do that. And then I go downstairs, have a have a cup of coffee, have some quiet time, read some of the Bible. And then after that, I go for a walk around the neighborhood and I listen to a podcast. Because funny thing is, a lot of times when I'm in a car, I just want to jam the radio. I yeah, love music. Yeah, yeah. But also, you know, there's so much good value within podcasts and whatever you're into at that moment. Um, so I'm like, hey, perfect. I can walk around the neighborhood, get yeah. some vitamin D, get some exercise, yeah. and then um, I can listen to a podcast. And then I, I go home. So I don't have an excuse not to work out. I started saying, all right, I'll just do some basic exercises, um, crunches and push-ups and um, squats. Yes. And I'll start, say, 25. And every day I'm going to add one. So Very we'll see cool. how that goes. Um, and and uh, they say 10 minutes yeah, a day is, is good. Right. Well, and, you know, it's like, okay, so I started out with 10 push-ups. Now I'm up to 20. And I'm like, hey, it's good. And, and you think you're like, it's only one more. Right. And did it seem, is it making it easier to do it th- that way? I, yeah, it is. And even like the, the crunches. Yeah, it is. So in the morning time, you've already stretched, you've already walked, and then you're doing the, the, right. uh, some push ups and push-ups all. Which I'm well, like, that's you an know, active morning, you know, it is, you know, and I'm, I'm got a, leisurely pace with walking. I'm not trying to get out there and sweat like a maniac because right, I like sweating. Right. It's kind of just part of the thing. And then the other goal that I got to incorporate a little bit more on it is taking the time to sit down with Natalie. Let's, you know, talk about our day. And um, Nice. And then, That's and a then, nice thing. Yeah. And so I'm still working on that. <laughs> so, it's a, so it's a routine work in progress. But what I was going to say is that that first, you know, as soon as that alarm clock goes off, you're like, you get up and it's like, oh gosh, I'm just so tired. But it's like, look, just go straight in there, splash your face because yeah. you know, after that initial shock change, yes. you're going to be excited about what the day holds. You I know. know. I just read yesterday, just yesterday, that a way uh, to get yourself going, get your body moving, and is to go in and put your face. In a bowl or a sink mm, of ice water. Ice water. Yeah, I like hot water. <laughs> and I finally figured out, like, our water takes forever to get upstairs. And I I'll turn it on. And so I'm like, okay, we got two faucets. Let's turn both of them on hot. And then it gets the water up there quicker. And I got hot water within, like, 10 seconds quicker. So Hey, I better try that because yeah. ice takes forever. Well, even the shower, it's so annoying. Like, I am. I know I'm, it takes forever. Yeah. My, ours does, too. And I'm just thinking about all that money that's going down the drain. Water's not so cheap anymore. It's not. All right. So um, from the great words of Paul, the apostle, in 2 Timothy 4, 7, I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. When your journey is over, what legacy are you hoping to leave? Oh, um, I hope that I will be remembered. Well, let's see. 
Now, are we talking about how I'll be remembered or a specific thing that I've done? I would say remembered, your legacy okay. overall, you know, what well, I mean, people think about you. Yeah, okay. I'd like to be remembered as a person who cared, and I'd like to be a pers- remembered as a person who um, tried not to hurt anyone, and um, I'd like to be no, remembered as a person who was fun. Mm-hmm. And I, I would say just the little bit that I know you, you definitely fit in all three of those categories. So. Well, that is, thank you so much, Andrew. You're welcome. Um, so, you mean after today, I've got it made. You do, you do. <laughs> Unless you're mean to me, like, you know, you tell me this, that we, we're going to go off air and you're like, that was terrible. Why did you ask me those questions? No, this is fun. Uh, well, I appreciate your time. We're out of questions okay. now. Okay. So, okay. Um, thanks again for uh, joining me in the Rambler and tell our guests where they can connect with you. All right. Um, you can Google Young Leaders Council. It'll pop up. Should be the first one, Young Leaders Council has my contact information on there too and tells all about what we do at our on our website but the website is ylcnashville.org all right awesome and i can speak from experience you'll learn a lot and as i told diane yesterday i had Derek young in here and he spoke um so it's really cool to go through the young leaders class because you learn about nonprofits. Um, how the board operates, but then you also hear about some great nonprofits. Um, yes. You know, that was really cool too because it, it opened my eyes up to just, and that was what, 12 weeks? How long is that? Yeah, 11 uh, classes, 11. Okay. one a week for 11 weeks in a row. And also, I guess I should say that our age range is 25 yes. to 40 years old. Okay. It's who we serve. Right. I barely made it in there. Yeah. <laughs> Well, there is. It's not signed in concrete. Okay, I got you. So yeah. there could be slants. Yeah, so depending yeah. on how, how how much of an impact you might can make. Exactly. Right? All right. Okay, well, thanks for your time, Diane. Yeah, thank you, Andrew. Hope you enjoyed getting some insight into Diane's world and why community and nonprofits are so important to her. If you have any desire to join a nonprofit or learn how a board operates, take a look at Young Leaders Council. They have ongoing alumni events as well in the Nashville area, and it's a great way to connect with others in the Middle Tennessee area who are giving back to the community. Next week, Corey Lee Barker will join me in the Rambler. He is a Nashville songwriter that has written for several artists, as well as some TV placements such as Smallville, HBO, Netflix, and others. Make sure to check out the show notes for more information on how to connect with Diane Hayes and Young Leaders. Also, if you're looking for some guitar lessons, give Jason Jordan a shout. He does a great job. He's a personal friend of mine. As far as the sponsors, if you have not picked up on it yet, I'm a realtor in the Nashville area with a focus on residential real estate and real estate investing. I'd be happy to help you with your real estate needs. You can also give Brandon Hutchison a call with the Legacy Mutual Mortgage for all of your lender needs and Limestone Title and Escrow for any title needs. Thanks again for tuning in to Nashville Untold. If you've enjoyed the show, make sure to subscribe, share with someone, and uh, feel free to leave a review. Now, sit back and enjoy a song from Jason Jordan.
hope you've enjoyed listening to Nashville Untold with Andrew Buckwalter. We encourage you to leave us a rating or review on iTunes. And be sure to subscribe so you won't miss a single episode. To be a guest on the show or to share your thoughts, send us an email to podcast at andrewbuckwalter.com. Until next time.